is it stressful? Is it high stress? Is it high tension all the time? Or like, do you get a chance to just reset and enjoy what you've built and spend time with your loved ones and impact? Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the Gentleman's Atlas podcast, where we focus on giving you the tools and resources to become the hero of your story. I'm your host, Isaac. And today's honest and authentic conversation is exactly what you need to hear to live life on your terms. So without wasting any time, let's go ahead and get right into today's episode. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, gentlemen, for another episode on the Gentleman's Atlas podcast. Today is going to be a guest interview where I bring someone on where, again, not only are they going to speak on subjects that they're invested in, that they spend their time on, that they're more informed on. But at the same time, it's someone that one, I believe is authentic Two, I believe has a genuine goodness to carry out a certain kind of purpose in the world. And three, they aim to do what they want to do with love, with passion, and most importantly, with dedication and with meaning. Today's guest is someone that I had the pleasure of meeting a couple months back in New York City, and we hit it off right away. Definitely a little late <laughs> at night, a great conversation. But something that for me just highlights the importance of having good people in your life, having the right kind of people who not only want to go to a certain place, but do so in a holistic and in a healthy way. Today's guest is someone that has been revolutionizing the influential world, has been showing content that I think has helped a lot of people grow in the way that they choose their style and more importantly, start associating their style with their identity and really building something that helps them become a better person overall. There's someone that I believe is a tremendous person holistically when it comes to the influencer world, as well as the family side and the business side. And I'm thrilled to bring on Ladarius. Ladarius, welcome to the Gentleman's Wow, man. Thanks for that amazing introduction. I really appreciate it, man. For sure. Glad to be here. Excited to be here. Thanks for taking your time to um, host me here. And I'm just excited for what this combo is going to go, man. Absolutely. So Ladarius, I think the best way to get started is to give the people a bit about a backstory of how you got to where you are today. Gotcha. So again, my name is Ladarius Campbell. I am a men's fashion and lifestyle influencer primarily. And initially I started influencing on accident, really. I um, gave my life to Christ, uh, got married and became a father all in about a year's time. And in that time and with that significant amount of transitions, you know, like I was doing a lot and I felt like I needed an outlet for myself, right? And one of um, the men in the Bible study that I go to, he told me and suggested me to uh, do a passion project. So with that advice, I took that and kind of surveyed my life as to what I could do for a passion project. And that led me to, of course, I've always loved fashion. I've always had a passion for fashion. And I'm on social media a decent amount. So I used that as my avenue to for the creative expression that I had. So I just committed to basically posting a video every Saturday at 10 a.m. And I told myself when I started, you know, I'm going to do this 100 times before I stop. And actually, this Saturday will be my 100th video. And I started off with maybe like 16 to 1,700 followers. I'm at over 400,000 on Instagram and over 500,000 followers on TikTok. So, yeah. That's beautiful, That's... I think... Something that's important, even just highlighting this beginning of this conversation that you mentioned is that fact that, you know, sometimes 
things kind of just pop out of nowhere. Like they're just like new opportunities that arise. And I think that we sometimes have to have that faith, even if it is blind to try something and at least commit to seeing something at least through a, through an end that we decide or that's decided. Because I think so many of us have these opportunities that come our way that we have these chances, but we never really give them the time of day. And we're always wondering like, Oh, well, you know, when's our break going to come or when are we going to find the next opportunity? But really, these opportunities have been coming through us all the time. We just kind of push them aside and don't really let them fester. Yeah, for sure. Um, I heard something at church, actually, not too long ago, um, where he said, you have to make the decision before you make the decision, right? So, like, I decided that I was going to post 100 videos before I actually posted 100 videos, but, like, I made the decision before, no matter what result it was going to yield, you know. And, of course, you know, it landed me in a great place, but ultimately, like, it was within first before it became something that was seen by the world or recognized by the world or appreciated by the world. So, yeah. And I know that, obviously, this is still a transition for you, and I know that you've been an influencer for some time, but you still have, you know, you're still early in that career, in a sense, and so my question is, is I know you probably still haven't been exposed to all those elements of the influencer world, but you've definitely seen some of them, right? The events, the invitations, the people starting to know you. And I also know that you have a family. Yeah. And so my question is, given that you've also been a man of character before you came into this following, how is, you know, the world and the events and people recognizing you influence one, your personal life, but two, more importantly to me, uh, your family. Gotcha. I think that for me, it's a matter of, it's like everything has changed, but nothing has changed at all. I think is what the best way to describe it, because I think that, you know, you go into these situations and you go into whatever accomplishments you think you want, right? With this expectation of how you're going to feel or what it's going to give or how it's going to fulfill you. Right. And I think that one thing that remains is character. Right. And is that like solid heart posture that you have about yourself. I think that that's one thing I've carried with me like throughout this entire journey. Right. So when it comes to the, the recognition and when it comes to the events, when it comes to the money, all that stuff, it like, it's important when it comes to the work, it's all important to me and it's influenced me by, being more intentional. It's made me and forced me to be more intentional because from a priority standpoint, it's family first. Well, it's God, then it's family, then it's work, right? That's how it flows. But I've had to take it upon myself to be diligent and very intentional about how I handle my business because I don't want that to spill over into family time or take away from my time with, that I spend with God on a one-on-one like day-to-day basis. So it's like for me, the influence and the experiences, it's made, it's kind of pushed me into being a lot more intentional, a lot more organized than I once was, right? It's pushed me closer to God. It's pushed me closer to my family because I know that I have to be available for them. So I'm working hard when I'm working hard and when I'm turning it off, I'm trying my best not to like co-mingle those worlds, if you will. Yeah. And I mean, clearly through how you're saying it, I can see that you feel it to like a certain element. And I think something that's important for just people in general to recognize is a lot of us are so caught up in, again, those outcomes. We want things quickly. We want things to happen. And we we already feel a certain way about the things that we don't even have yeah. yet. And what it causes us to do is sometimes we can come from a place of um, not being grateful for one, but two, I think it, it makes a big problem for when we actually come into the things, regardless of how they may seem. You know, I, I see this happen a lot with money. People have this love of money, this lust for it. And when they get it, they they didn't have the character to maintain, build, circulate, and, even, and continue growing that kind yeah. of money. And that's just one example. Mm-hmm. 
And so I think something that, that again, that I see for you that I, I like, and I think is so important to how you continue succeeding and continue spending time with your family is that you were already the man you needed to be to inherit what you now yeah. have. Not that it can't be mm-hmm. more, but it means that like it, it's starting to match. You get what I'm saying? Like your identity went up and now the rest of it's starting to catch up. And so to me, that's why you, in a part, again, you're busy, but you love what yeah. you do because you've become the man that you needed to be in order to one, enjoy it, but to cultivate this sort of. Yeah. And it's crazy you say that because the year before I became an actual full-time like an influencer, God called me to fast social media for half a year. And in that time, I think that that's where like a lot of that spiritual development came where that like actual solidification of my faith and my identity in Christ and just like elevation on that level came. And then the year after that, the very thing that he called me to put down was the very thing that he actually, you know, made me successful in. But it's very important, like you just said, about like having this expectation of when I get this, when I have this much money, when I get married, when I whatever you, you fill in the blanket, the thing that you were wanting to acquire to fulfill yourself, right? Because what the issue with that is, once you acquire that thing, it's never going to fulfill you like you thought it was going to. And then you begin to point your finger at the thing, right? Like if it's a, if it's a, if it's a spouse, like you were looking forward to getting married and then you get married, it's not what you, what you thought it was. And now you're blaming your spouse for that. But it's like the importance of being content where you are, it's so important so that when, the, when whatever else comes, it's just an addition. It's not uh, like life or death. Like this is going to be the thing that makes me whole. You know, I think that's a very dangerous mindset. Yeah. And I think even like, and I, and I think I mean, God teaches us a lot of lessons and for people that don't believe in God, even just seeing it as fate. <clears throat> I think so many of us get caught up in the end result. Again, like we were just mentioning that we kind of fail to realize what it takes to get to that mm-hmm. end result. So my example with this is I heard a quote the other day that mentioned, you know, I asked God for strength and he gave me challenges to become stronger. I asked God for lo- I asked God for love and he gave me tough people to find how to love yeah. them, even though they were unlovable. And so it was like it was a repetition of these kinds of quotes. But my point with this is you get to this point where you have to recognize that sometimes the way to things is losing a sense of entitlement in order for you to accept things, not as you want them to be, but as they are, you know, you marry someone and if you carry such high expectations, it's entitlement that they're going to, um, you know, they're going to be exactly what you're looking for. Perfect. No flaws, no mistakes. They're going to do everything you say. You are going to be let down because you did it that way. Not because the other person's bad, but because you chose to make every flaw a deal breaker, Mm -hmm. which anyone that's in a healthy relationship knows that's never going to work out. So what do you have to do? You have to kind of lose that. Like for me, when you mentioned that example of social media, for me, I, it instantly makes sense because what do I see? A man who abstained from social media, wasn't dependent on it, was able to be isolated from it, was able to see it as it was. And now he's in it, but with a clear space yeah. in the right head and now with a mission to help people. And it's not as distracting. So for me, it's like this cycle where we can get rid of entitlement, where we can get rid of these unrealistic expectations allows us again, not only to be more present, as you said, but I think even more importantly to love the present as it is to be a hyper realist and appreciate the world for not, for how it is, not as we want it to. That's real, man. That's good. Cause it's like, how do you, how do you build an expectation for a place you've never been? <laughs> you know, like that doesn't even make sense. 
Yeah. And, and to me, I think when we imagine things, right, we imagine success or we imagine what it is to have things we always dreamed about. It again, takes us away from, from being where we want to be, being in that present yeah. moment, being in that able to appreciate everything that it takes to get that to that end destination. Yeah. And so, you know, I know you're someone that, you know, you have your, these goals and these aspirations that you're trying to get to, you know, how for you, do you balance trying to look into the future while, you know, remaining in the present and spending time with the people you care about? I think that one thing that I have to realize, like I have an all or nothing mindset, man. Like I'm very much so like big on that. And like, it's worked for me from like a producing results perspective, right? Like it's helped, but I've realized that, you know, with the amount of, blessings and success and ambition that God has blessed me with, I have to understand that that stuff just takes time. And I think that for me, I used to kind of set unrealistic expectations for myself, right? Where I, like, we just moved into this house and I wanted to, you know, create content while unpacking the whole entire house while also outsourcing for new business. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, and I want to do that in one day. You know, and it's like that mindset made left me in the space where I got a lot of stuff done in that day. But because I didn't get everything done, I felt like I was failing. And then I had to realize that I I have to balance that mindset out more because I need to be able to celebrate where I am first, you know, and then from there I can go into picking the next thing. Right. And for me, it's a challenge to. Cause I have like so many ideas, you know, like all popping at one time. And it's like, what is the next venture for me? And it's like, of course I love content, but I have other things that I want to do as well. And it's like, for me, I have to pray about direction and vision, you know, because I think that, you know, I can do a lot of different things and these ideas I have are great, but if they're in the wrong timing, then they won't, they won't hit the same. So for me, I think that like just balancing the fact that like you have to appreciate where you where you are first before you can before you can go into like getting too far into the future because like you will really miss a lot of what you've already accomplished in a sense. So I think that like for me, that's helped with like evening everything out to where I'm not just so wrapped up in where am I going next? Where am I going next? Where am I going next? And I think that even when I begin to appreciate where I am now almost that in a sense, like kind of gives me direction for the next step. Right. Cause I'm, I'm fully able to see the capacity that I have, right. I'm able to see everything in my arsenal that I already have and what is the best way to apply what I already have to get the next thing. What, like, how can I use these tools that I currently have and appreciate to get the next thing? Yeah, you know, as you're saying that this example comes to my mind, and it's like, again, when you're striking that moderation between, you know, looking into the future and then being in the present, it's almost like driving a car, you know, you're on you're on like a single lane, Mm -hmm. and you got cars all ahead of you, there might be bumps and stuff like that. And just like with emotion, sometimes we might get carried away because there might be a nice view where we see the sunset or we see the mountain that we're driving to. And we're so caught up looking upwards that we might not be paying attention that we're going too fast and we might hit the car in front Uh of us or there might be a pothole or a speed bump. All these little things that they shouldn't take away our attention 
from the big picture. Yeah. But at the same time, if we ignore them, they're going to prevent us from getting to the, the, the destination. Yeah. So I think it's also like you can't be looking at your feet while you're driving yeah. either because that doesn't help yeah. either. And so I think it's always how do you, again, set a pace for your life where sometimes you have to catch up, sometimes you have to slow it down a little bit. And how are you also okay with that? Because again, like with the mindset that you mentioned, I feel that all the time too. Like I always have like all these things on my to-do yeah. list and I might accomplish 70%, but I'm like, damn, 30%. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm slacking. Like, yeah. And, and it's, a, it's the same thing because an over in your head, it's not even negative self-talk, but it's just like you want to be doing all these things and you feel like you're just not. And, and I think in life, like you just have to get to this point where the more effective, I feel like, People like us, we get so caught up in being efficient that we forget to sometimes be so efficient. Yeah. Because I think when we over, not overestimate, but we, when we over schedule things that we want to do, we reduce effectiveness by creating that time where we're like trying to rebalance <laughs> things, right? The more we have to readjust and rebalance and fine tune, the less time we actually spend doing the things that matter, not just in the career sense, but like, again, like things that you make a priority, like your family, like your spiritual time, which there's always areas that we can sometimes neglect if we're not careful because we're so focused on that efficiency. Yeah. And I think that like when it comes to entrepreneurship, man, specifically, it's, it's always going to be something more you could be doing, right? Like at all times of the day and night, especially when you're passionate about it, it doesn't even feel like work sometimes and you hear that all the time, but it's like, if you don't put parameters on that stuff, it's going to be, it really will become a problem. And it's like, I think that for me, in the process of gaining the success and wanting more, wanting to acquire more, I realized there's this line that I don't want to cross, which is a line of trying to pursue success and acquire success without living life. You know, and I think that like, my family does a great job at anchoring me in that mindset because it's like, if I just run myself into the ground, that's just me, you know, but now I have a family now. And it's like with that, you know, they're also affected by my exhaustion. So it's like, it's like a life. Exactly. And it, and it, it keeps me grounded in the right mindset because there's this whole, you know, narrative about you know, just grind, 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 wake up early. And I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of waking up early, but it's like you were working almost 24 hours a day, every day out working the next person, you know? And it's like, I think that it can be a very toxic mindset if you don't learn to, to, to put it in the right container, because I think those are the people that you may have a lot of success. You may have a lot of money in the bank. You may have whatever this list checked off, but like, how do you feel? You know, how do you feel about your day-to-day -day life? Like, how do you feel about what you experience? Is it stressful? Is it high stress? Is it high tension all the time? Or like, do you get a chance to just reset and enjoy what you've built? And spend time with your loved ones and impact them on more than just a, hey, here's a check for whatever problems you have. But no, here's some spiritual like advice that I can give you. Here's some love I can extend. Here's some time I can spend with you, which is one of the most valuable things that I've I've grown to really like appreciate more than anything else is time, man, and how you spend it. It's like I care about that more than trying to get a million followers by the end of this year, bro. Like, I don't, like, I mean, I would love that. Yeah. But it's like, if I'm going to do that and be miserable, then what's the point of acquiring the success? 
Yeah, I think it's important that you we constantly have that awareness and like the forefront of our minds because again, the time time is the one thing everything has to be measured mm-hmm. in, right? Time is the one universal currency that always has to be factored because it's the one thing you don't get back and it's the one thing that creates scarcity. It's the one thing that creates the finiteness of life. It's the one thing that also creates uh-huh. meaning because, you know, it's it's the one thing that marks the fact that you have an end yeah. point. And so I think something that you mentioned there that I loved um, was that container aspect. And to me, just as emotions are, a lot of mindsets can be like a gas mm-hmm. and it gases expand to the space that they're allowed to expand in. So if they expand your whole body, then it's going to control your mm-hmm. whole life. But sometimes you're also able to label in a container. And then some people are like, well, it's unhealthy to ball up emotions, stuff like that. But then the flip side is it, it's not really unhealthy to do that. It's unhealthy to bottle it and then not look at what's in the yeah. bottle. To me, it's like, take how you're feeling, take that mindset and put it in front of you and just look at it. Like, what, like, what is it saying? How is it moving? And then again, base your whole life on that emotion and then relate it to what you want to be doing mm-hmm. in life. And which is why I think this is how you kind of can appreciate, but escape from that whole hustle culture yeah. where it's like, okay, you have this feeling, like you have this ambition that's bottled up inside you, but at the same time, you're measuring things in time freedom, right? Which means that just because you can be successful, that also means you can be a slave to success, yeah. right? If you're a, a big shot CEO of a public company, you're a slave to success. You might be very successful and people might be admiring you, but that's going to constrain you to the time that you have that's actually yours, the amount of vacation you can take, the amount of time you can spend with your family. So it's like, well, not everyone wants that. Like you're, you're saying that yourself, like, I don't, I want to spend time with yeah. my family. So you're recognizing, okay, I have this ambition, but I know that that's not the end goal for me. So then you kind of reassess. So you're like, well, again, I need time freedom. I want to be able to help people influence others, but be able to do what I want when I want it with the people that I care about. And so then that's kind of like the testament of like, how do you maximize ambition? Not in the percentage that's used of ambition, but in the direction that matters of ambition. Yeah, that's real, man. I think that like for me, the way that I go about doing that is being very intentional with my time, like I said in the beginning. And it's like, I want success, right? But it's like understanding that, okay, for me, what I do is I time block, bro. Like I'm big on time blocking and I try my best to advocate for at this time, this is what's happening. And with that hustle mentality, it's turned on from the time from like 7 a.m. to like 5, right? And I, I'm locked in because our brains work like when it comes to focus, our brain works like a, um, a, um, a manual car. We rev it up and then we plateau. And then you rev it up again and you go to the next level. And then you rev it up again. And if your focus is broken, yeah, you're going back all the way down to zero. So, like, I try my best to make sure that I'm putting high output, like, effort while I'm in between these spaces. So that way when I'm alleviated from it, I can then go into the freedom space where I'm fully free and not partially free. You know what I'm saying? But also, I think that there are people out there that, 24 7 that's what they do they're, they're high output high, all around the clock right and i think that that if that's what they want to do that's what they want to do but i think that what you have to understand and what i think a lot of people don't understand is that you have to accept the trade-off of what you not operating at whatever capacity that somebody else is will eventually like yield like you're not gonna you may not be Elon Musk money, 
with that mentality. But you may be, you may be a millionaire, but you'll be happier. You'll be, you'll be able to have more agency with your life and controlling your schedule, but you won't like, but you won't be at this level of top tier, like money, you know what I'm saying? And it's like being okay with that. Cause like, for me, I know that was a hard lesson for me to learn. Um, when I was entering like the last bit of the seasons in my corporate job is realizing that these two are butting heads and I love my corporate job. I was there for eight years, bro. And it's like, I realized I was realizing that I can't do both. Like they're butting heads and I can't do both. So if I want to be successful in this thing that I'm passionate about, I have to accept that I have to put this down and I can't continue to just split my time and split my effort and split all these things. And that was a really hard thing to accept. And I think a lot of people don't understand, like be okay with the trade-off because it's going to be one. There's always a trade-off in life. So, yeah. I think to me, it kind of, it kind of boils down to this part, right? There's just this one sentence that I think pretty much anyone could use to live life at their best potential. Walk in your purpose and move towards meaning. Mm, I love it. Because when you walk in your purpose, you're completing or you're not completing, but you're living in a mission that's greater than your own life, right? Purpose has to ascend beyond just your family and your career and the financial and the physical, right? Purpose encompasses something more that that's something more that's more than just Mm -hmm. you. But and that and that's being in the present, which is how you feel good about yourself. It's how you feel like you're the man you're supposed to be when you walk mm-hmm. in purpose. And the movement towards meaning is the accepted balance of the trade-offs that you choose to take in mm-hmm. life. Meaning is moving in the most proper direction, right? Where it, it has this aspect of marginal utility, where it basically means whatever is highest in utility to me, relevant to where I am, I move in that yeah. direction. So for you, it might be like, I know I get the highest utility out of working this many hours in the day, let's just say eight. And I know I get the most utility out of spending two hours with my family every day. Okay, that's the next part. Then I know fitness, give me one hour and I'm yeah. solid, right? So instead of worrying about all these different aspects, you're just worried about like, hey, how do I maximize utility for every day? And then again, you're associating to the things that matter. So if you're more career oriented, instead of eight, it might be nine, 10, 11 hours. If you want to spend more time with your family, then you do two to four hours, right? So it's all these things that you move. Instead of moving towards one goal, you just move towards meaning. Then you set goals within this movement. But of course, like the bigger picture is that meaning. That's perfect. That was great. That was perfectly put. Yeah. Yeah, I've never said that before, but it came to my head as we were speaking. So, <laughs> um, and so with that being said, my question is to what are some of the aspects that you have found particularly meaningful since moving more into the influencer space? Mm. Meaningful. I think that one thing that I've seen more of being meaningful is community more than anything, people that I surround myself with. Um, new and old, man, because I think that, you know, for me, I, I wasn't able to bring a lot of people along this journey with me um, just because of what it did to my time, because of what it did to my effort, because of what it did to my mindset, you know? And I think that the appreciation that I have for those that are still around has a lot more meaning to me because it it really just shows their ability to transcend circumstance, right? 
their love for me, their their ability to be in my life still, in spite of me not may, maybe being able to show up for X, Y, or Z anymore. You know, I think that like it's really kind of refined, you know, who's really for me and who's not. You know, and I think that it's also protected me because I'm able to identify people who are there for me genuinely versus those that are there because of my status, you know, or there for my resources or for my exposure, but also community from a newer standpoint is the people who are, who have come before me that are willing to teach me, that are willing to spend time with me, that are willing to share their knowledge that they have with me so willingly, man. It's like, it's like nothing else because for me growing up without a father, um, and a dysfunctional, like, you know, upbringing, like having a model, you know, to to go off of was something I was not afforded from a basic natural perspective. Right. So in this space, I've run into people who are doing great things, amazing things that are humble that I can model myself after. And that's beyond influence, man. It's 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 marriage. It's 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 finances. It's it's every area that I want to excel in, like being able to have that exposure to be able to really recreate in my own way. <clears throat> yeah. I think something that's really important to recognize is again, like we have all these different communities. Again, you come from the black community. I come from the Hispanic community. And I think that ignoring some of the downsides and the pitfalls that our communities have can be a very big kind of blindside that affects us later Mm -hmm. in life. And so I think something that's positive about what I'm seeing here is one of the biggest discrepancies that faces the black community overall. And I think Hispanics have this, but not as much in the, in the same areas that I'm about to explain is the whole idea that the black community associates status with freedom. Mm. Most people, if not everyone in general tries to move towards freedom, Mm -hmm. life, but in a lot of ways, not everyone has access to that freedom. And I'm talking about true freedom where you can direct how your time is used. And so they invest way more heavily in the status symbols, Mm -hmm. right? The Louis bags, the Mercedes, Mm -hmm. like, I think the statistics are like probably double, if not triple, you know, if you compare black America with white America, and it's because they see that status as a chance for freedom. Mm -hmm. When obviously on the financial side of, you know, other, the people that have the money, they recognize that they need to buy assets and then they have a small portion, which they deem as like, whatever I want to do with money. And then they use that to buy the fun Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, But my point with this is that like every community has those kinds of aspects. Like Hispanics have that a lot where they'll, they find jobs that are decently paying, but they have no idea what to do with Mm -hmm. the money, right? All that comes in goes out just straight away. And so it's these things that I think sometimes when we're able to look at people, especially role models, which again, that's what's cool about like influencers as well as like you can really set a good path for other people to follow we have to be, like be honest with ourselves and say not only who are we trying to model ourselves after but like what kind of communities are these people in right you know for me like look having hispanic role models i look up to is just as important as having generic role models that i look up to like i think it's having these people that you can admire in different walks of life that may be more tailored to your personal situation so it gives you a little more practical advice of maybe how you can change yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. And I think that like going back to like the freedom versus status conversation, it's like, it's crazy because I think that 
and this is kind of speaking from even me kind of having that mindset of like getting the Louis bags and the whatever, you know, to now really honing in on what freedom truly is about. You know, I think that especially in the black community, I think that being able to acquire the things that people who are truly free have is kind of like a gives you a sense of like kind of renting that freedom in a sense, you know, where it's like, if I can get this, like I'm operating at that capacity, I'm operating at some level of that capacity, but realistically that time thing of being able to allocate your time, how you want to really is true freedom. But I will say the process, man, it's, it's tough. It's tough to eventually get to that point. Um, and I think that going back to what you said, like about mo- the modeling piece and how important it is, because I see how hard it is for me going through it. Like I want to be able to bring somebody else through when it's their time, you know, because like I also have other entrepreneurs that are not even like in the influencing space, but they're just they've been an entrepreneur for five, six years and just the hardships of what it is to just run a business right like just that alone is such a learning curve and it's intimidating you know so it's like to be able to have people that have been through it that also know how hard it was for them that can kind of encourage you along the way you know and not to like not get discouraged while you're trying to figure this stuff out because it's an entire science to almost every level of business, you know, like whether it be creation, whether it be finance, whether it be taxes, whatever it may be. So it's like having somebody that's already gone before you is, it's, it's major, man. It's major. And it just shows you the art of the possible of like, it's, it's, it's possible. It's hard, but it's still possible. Yeah. No, that tax season coming up, man, it's going to be a color, but that's not the <laughs> point. <laughs> um, but no, going back to that point, there's, you know, there's something that's so important, I think, for people starting to realize is that the more we go in our individual process and the more we explore, you know, who we were meant to be, yeah. it's always understanding that aspect of it's not about paying the people that helped you back. Mm. It's about paying it forward to the next generation. And I think so many people don't think about this, but I think it's such a freeing detail that really allows us to be more grateful in our lives. And what I mean by this is a lot of people for parents are a good place to start. Some people are like, well, my parents did all this for me. And it's like, it's not that you don't, you shouldn't be taking care of them later on in life. It's more that everything they're giving to you, don't think of it as paying them back in a monetary value. Think about they giving you the resources to arm yourself against the world. Now go do what you were meant to do. Mm -hmm. Now be the person you were meant to be. And that is in life, right? A mentor, friends, colleagues, all these people that help you along your journey. It's not about owing them anymore. It's about how can I take what this person did for me? How can I take what I got from this conversation or this book or this whatever? And how can I use that to make the world a better place? How can I use that to help the people that might need that advice and start replicating the success? Because I think not only does that, again, help the world grow in a little in a little sort of manner, but at the same time, it starts freeing us from like thinking that we're always owing people things and just starting to want to give people things regardless of what they owe us, right? It starts creating this gratefulness, this gratitude that to me, again, gratitude is one of the highest measures of happiness. Like once you're grateful for so many things, like you're just, I mean, like things can be bad, times can be tough, but you're just 
genuinely happy most yeah. of the time. I think the thing that separates that mindset really is gratitude versus guilt, right? I think it's like when somebody helps you out, when somebody, when you redeem whatever somebody's giving you, it's like when you're successful, do you feel guilty about help, like receiving that or were you grateful when you were giving it, when you were, when you were giving it? Because if you had that guilty mindset, then of course you're going to want to go pay back because you feel guilty about it. But it's like ultimately when you were there in this place where they helped you out, it's like you were just grateful for them to be there. And it's, I think that like, that's something that I struggle with a lot because I was raised by a friend of my mom's actually. And like, I really, she didn't have, she didn't have to raise me. She had, she had her own kids, you know? And it's like, for me, I did for such a long time when I started getting my success, like how much am I giving back to them? How much am I doing for them? And it's like thinking about, you know, me kind of being in debt to them and owing them because they did something they didn't have to do, but they were willing to. And I appreciated it when I was in the situation and like understanding that they didn't, they didn't do that. So I could be debted to, indebted to them forever for what they did. It's like, no, they wanted to set me up to be what I am now. And like seeing me excel, seeing me soar, seeing me be successful, seeing me be confident in myself is repayment enough. So whatever else I decide to do outside of that is up to me. So yeah, that's interesting. I've been—I um, don't know if you're familiar, but I've been reading a book by Napoleon Hill called "Outwitting the okay. Devil." And um, there was just—I'm—I'm I'm at this chapter, and it was beautiful because it had all these quotes. So basically, the style of the book, to give it, keep it brief, is it's basically like the author Napoleon Hill, who also wrote um, "Think Rich, Think and Grow Rich." Um, it's basically like him in a courtroom interviewing the devil. So it's just a bunch of Q&A questions as if he was speaking with the devil. And one of the chapters they were talking about was the public school uh-huh. systems and, you know, how we don't teach the right sort of things and that sort of time. It was a, it was a very big criticism of the public mm-hmm. schools. But one of the things was, the question was how, like, what should be taught in schools? And one of the lines that I love that I have it here brought up is that it says this, Teach children that the human brain is the instrument with which one receives from the great storehouse of nature, the energy which is specialized into definite thoughts, that the brain does not think, but serves as an instrument for the interpretation of stimuli which causes thought. And I think one of the things that expands from this concept of the brain being a rational object is that true creativity, true purpose, it comes from the being of consciousness. And I have a firm belief that our consciousness is that piece of the Holy Spirit tied into the person. It's the piece of God tied into the person. Because what consciousness consciousness allows you to do is come from things where things feel right, that gut feeling, those things that don't rationally make sense, that if you looked at it in any analytical way, it can never work out. But then it works out somehow they call it magic they call it mystery some people call it fate again to me it's the correlation between that consciousness being a piece of god in you that's the connection that you have that's that lifeline but that would mean that the brain isn't the forefront of your creativity and your purpose it's simply a tool and if it's a tool then it can be used to your advantage right the self the negative self-talk can be replaced with positive self-talk the limiting beliefs can become limitless beliefs and it's all these small changes that i think if the right people who have all this potential they want to tap into start listening to 
everything yep. changes. That's so true. And I think that like one thing that limit, limits us the most is the belief that it's even acquirable, you know, like in the first, and I think that like, that's where you have to start, like understanding that it is, if you just change the stimuli and that stimuli needs to, for me personally, is always God first. And then from there it is whatever he exposes me to after that, you know, and then gauging my direction from that standpoint, that trajectory. So I agree, man. Yeah. And then I think even just now transitioning from the personal and the mindset stuff to more of, you know, the business stuff that you've discovered, especially moving into that entrepreneurship space of, of running thing and running your own shop with the influencer side. My question to you is, you know, how have you seen the correlation between the personal growth and the business growth, as well as, you know, that overall transition to spending more time working for yourself? How has that been for you? Man, it's been, it's been so like from corporate, so you're asking like from corporate to like kind of full time now. And that's, Mm -hmm. so it's been interesting, man, because I quit um, during the holiday season. So right before Thanksgiving is when I quit um, my corporate job and you know, what I wanted to do was kind of like create this static schedule of like, this is how my day looks from this time to this time every day. But, you know, with the holidays coming up, there was just so much, you know, kind of like, I guess, like room for just like things to not be as consistent from a scheduling standpoint, you know, with the, with the holidays. So it was kind of tough for me to get my footing because we also moved into the house like a week and a half after I quit as well. So we're moving. And that was a really interesting transition because it was just not as the expectation was, okay, I'm going to get, I'm going to do this. I'm going to work during my eight to my eight to five, but I'm going to do that for my business. And like, it just didn't work that way because I had to move an entire apartment to a house and like unpack a house and do all that stuff. So that was kind of weird getting my footing in that. But I will say Corporate America prepared me for this well um, in multiple avenues. Um, I really, this is how I describe full-time entrepreneurship versus corporate America. Imagine having a box of Legos with the directions to build a castle. And you have step-by-step instructions on how you do so. That's corporate America. Now imagine having a box of Legos to build whatever you want to build. No directions. It's all up to you how you build whatever you build. And it's like, if you built the, if you came from a place where you were building a tower, you have a foundation to go off of how to put Legos together. So you pull what you know from that area into how you build what you're building now. You don't have to do the exact same blueprint, but there are certain things that are beneficial. So for me, like negotiation, because I was in sales when I was in my corporate job. I was in sales for eight years. So negotiation, so creating a book of business, so prospecting, you know, things like that has helped me transition into this space a lot more. But I think that the the biggest challenge has been really the freedom, man. Like, I think that you hear freedom and you think of the positive side of it, but it's like at the same time, it's like, how do I spend all of this properly? Cause it's like going back to the Legos thing. Do I build a castle? Do I build a beach house? Do I build a spaceship? You know, like, and it's really all on you, what you want to build. And like, even 
getting used to having that agency is such a weird thing to go through because it's like you're just so used to get back to your desk, get back to your desk, get back to your desk. And it's like, for me, productivity has a new face. I'm in front of a camera. I'm on my phone. You know, and it's like in corporate America, being on your phone was demonized. Like when it comes to te- like whatever you were doing, and when your head was down, that wasn't a good sign in corporate America. But for, for me now, that's that's doing business, you know. So it's like I think that the challenge has been really kind of like putting down the things that I have kind of internalized as what productivity is and honing in on the fact that this new season is going to look different from a productivity standpoint, you know, and like valuing those behaviors and activities as what they are and how they're moving my business forward. But it's like, it's not something that's like just switches on because you don't work at corporate America anymore. It's a a learning and growing process of how do I optimize my time without demonizing yourself for not always optimizing your business. Cause like optimizing, like, really taking care of yourself, your health, your mental health is important as well as a part you, when it's your business, your health is your business. So it's like realizing that going to therapy, realizing that getting that massage, realizing that, you know, like reading that book, that's not how do you grow your business oriented, but it's about your mind is also encompassed in productivity for your business. Right. But it's just not in this black and white clock in, do your job, clock out type of mindset, you know? I think, I mean, there's a lot of things that you mentioned that are, that are great to go over. I think one of the biggest enemies that any entrepreneur faces is indecision. Indecision's a huge killer because again, you're, you're faced again with so many possibilities that you don't know which way you want to go. And then sometimes you kind of go one way and then you start going the other way and then you never actually make a decision, right? That's why a lot of entrepreneurs often struggle, especially when they're more on the product sort of thing. They struggle with something called MVP, minimal viable uh-huh. product, because they're so worried about perfecting it that they actually never market it and they spend all this money and all this time, but they never actually test it. Um, but something else that you mentioned that I think it, I mean, it, it just creates a lot of thoughts in my mind is this whole idea of that freedom aspect. And it's because freedom can encompass so many things including it restricts freedoms in some manners because like having a family, once you're an entrepreneur, it's on you and the people that you contract with, the people that work for you, the people that, you know, you have business deals with the responsibility falls on you. Now there's no overhead. There's no company. There's no protocol. This is you, right? Like you're liable in this sense. You can be personally liable or you can be liable for the company that you represent but it's your company right the company it goes under you go under the people they depend on you now so i think again that can be a restricting freedom that a lot of people aren't aware when you know they listen to the hustle culture and they're like oh escape the nine to five work for yourself it's like it's not that you just kind of have sunshine and rainbows and that the cloud disappears and like you mentioned too with the whole black and white I think one another way to put how it's separated is that, right, corporate America, you have companies that start like entrepreneurs start, and that's in the gray area. All this gray area, all these possibilities, all these outcomes, and the company slowly starts separating the whites from the blacks, right? So they start getting rid of gray area. That's how a company starts to grow, right? They create blueprints. This is what we do. This is what we don't do. 
And then once you get into an established company, well, they've already done all the separating, right? They're not separating the laundry anymore. It's just white and black, right? Do the white stuff. Don't do this stuff. And when you become an entrepreneur, you fall right back into that gray area. And it's a different gray area, a gray area that's new. And so I think that's one of the cool things about it. But that's me personally. Me personally, I like adventure. I like new things. I like taking risks. But again, you have to be in tune with your identity and again, differentiate, like, is this something that's viable for me as well as how am I able to, again, pivot? Like pivoting is so important as an entrepreneur because the market changes, there's different trends, your responsibilities shift, and then you're always going to have different things that are kind of fighting to take your business back from you that one can be a lot of work to do, but if you do it right and you start realizing what it is, it can be a very fun game to start kind of falling in love with the whole process. That's the biggest thing you just said, the process, man. I think that one thing that, again, going back to my going back to my all or nothing mindset, it's like one thing I realized is that I wanted to be a master in an actual like professional at operating a business off the bat without, you know, realizing that there's going to be growth and things you don't know along the way that you're going to be actually bad at, you know, until you learn to really operate in the space and learn more. Because I think that, you know, with my interaction with content creation, I've gotten to a point of mastery with it. But because of my mastery in that, it's yielded me the need to learn how to create a business and how to run a business now. And I'm not a master at that yet. And I think that initially there was a bit of like resist, but not resistance. There was a bit of like hardship with accepting that I'm not good at this because I have never been exposed to it. Not that I'm doing a bad job at it, but it's like, I don't know it enough. And I think that like, I've realized now that that's what it's going to continuously be. As I continue to elevate, there's going to be things I'm exposed to that I don't know, that I don't understand, that I will eventually know and understand and enjoying and having confidence in understanding that that was the, the thing that I'm now an expert at I was once upon a time a novice and I was once upon a time, I didn't know anything about it. So being confident in the capability that I have within myself to get to the point of expert eventually is what the identity piece goes back to is like, I appreciate me for who I am and what I'm capable of because I know that I'm the type of person that will get to a point of understanding and mastering something. That's just who I am. And then that way you'll be able to enjoy the process more as opposed to putting this pressure on yourself to perform and, and be upset about it not being the highest output version of what you're doing. But that was a learning curve, man. Cause I was like, this, what is this? Ta- what is this? How do I, how do I handle 1099s? How do I handle contracting other people? How do I handle these, like all this different, these different things. So it's like, it was a learning curve, man. But I know more now <laughs> than I did. Yeah. Even in December, I know a lot more. You know, so it's like it's just honing in on like it's gonna be a moving target, man. Always, always. Yeah, I think you know a nice part that you touched on there was that adaptability of confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the simple equation is that confidence equals competence, right? The better you are at something, the more confident you are. But that's a simplified version. You go into the more complex version and you go into even the mastery of confidence itself. And that's where you get into the aspect of confidence 
isn't always about how competent you are in the thing that you're trying to do. Confidence can come from the competence in your belief of your ability to adapt, right? The competence that you will be able to adapt in any situation. And that doesn't automatically give you skill in whatever you do, but it gives you a calmness. Don't, that's not confusing with getting rid of stress because stress can still be there. But when you deal with things, you're not as worried. You might be stressed, but you're not as worried, right? You're kind of separating a little more of this emotional response because you know that you've been in situations that you've never dealt with before. You know, you've overcome things that were technically impossible for you at the time, but then they weren't. So you know that whatever's going to come, you'll be okay. And even if you don't believe that you yourself will be okay, you know, you, you speak on God, but spirituality, you can, you know, have faith in God. So you don't even have to believe that you'll yeah. be okay. You'll just know that you have someone that will guide you through it. And I think that that's such an important part when we look to, again, build things in our lives because growth and growth is a huge part of meaning, right? It's an 80% of that equation. Meaning comes from growth and growth comes from doing things that we aren't comfortable doing things that we're not used yeah. to doing. And I think that again, you've experienced growth in many areas of your life. And now you're getting into this chamber of business of being a business owner and being, you know, full sending into this right all <clears throat> in that you're now even experiencing more and more of what it's like to continue to grow in ways that maybe are scaled to what you're used yeah. to. But you're also scaling as a person too, right? That it, again, it's that identity correlated to the actions and the results that are coming out of the process. That yeah, you do. for sure, one hundred percent, man. And I think that one thing I do want to misspell about the entrepreneur space versus corporate America is like how much time you're gonna have. You know, like when it works. Because like for me, you know, I was like, I'm about to get eight hours back in my day. You know, and I'm nope. Like, I, I do a lot more work now than I ever have in corporate America, ever. Even on the busiest day of my life in corporate America, that's probably like the standard minimum for my day-to-day as an entrepreneur because, number one, you can't. Yeah. And number two, your livelihood is dependent upon your like your ability to actually monetize things and grow and scale things. So I think that like people don't realize, like even if you when you're working – like you may spend, you may actually do about a good three to five hours of work in that eight hour course. This is like, you're hitting it and you're hitting it all of the time. And it's hard to turn off too. That's another thing. It's like, sometimes I just can't, I can't sleep because I'm just like thinking about another idea or another way to do something else or another way to, to another idea, another avenue of whatever. And it's like, bro, I just want to go sleep. Just want to go sleep get some rest, but it's like, you care about it so deeply, you know, that it just, it, it really is hard to turn off, man. Yeah, no, that's another thing too, is that it just, it completely defines any natural balance. If you compare entrepreneurship to a job, it just doesn't make sense. You know, you're always trying to go home early with corporate America most of the time and you get into entrepreneurship and you're like, you know, you wake up, it's like you think about business, you know, you're like, you're, you're, you schedule other things, right? Like I meditate in the morning and there's just some mornings where like, I'm supposed to meditate as soon as I get up. And then it's like 30 minutes and I'm like, on oh, my computer's just typing. I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to chill. But it's just, I think it's something that can be very, like, it's, it's something that has to be dealt with because I think, you know, you, again, you have to set healthy yes. boundaries, but at the same time, it's such a fleeting feeling when it's just like, man, like I love 
that I'm building something. It's like, like for me personally, I'm usually the happiest when I'm like, when I'm building yeah. this process, like when I'm doing stuff and I'm discovering when I'm learning, like that's when I feel most yeah. me. And then it's like, even when I'm relaxing, like it's nice, but I just don't feel like myself. Like it's hard to re- like after three days, man, after relaxing for that much, I'm just right. like, I got to get back to work. Like I have things to do. Like it, it's so it's hard and it's yeah. funny. Um, but this has been a great conversation, yeah. man. Uh, I'm glad that we were able to get to do this. I'm glad that everything's going well with yeah. you as we wrap up. Let me do a final question. Let me do our closing messages. My final question for you is how have you been able to make sure that you prioritize your family during all this transitioning time? I think that the first thing is time management and being intentional with my time. So when I am focused on my job, I'm focused on my job. And when I'm focused on my family, I'm focused on my family. But also communication has been one of the biggest things that has been the most transformative thing because being able to equip my wife with an expectation of what my day-to-day will look like. Because demand changes. Like, Q4 was insane as opposed to the beginning of the year. It's a bit more, you know, it's not slow, but it's slower. But being able to communicate to her what each season is going to look like so she knows how to best come alongside me and support me as well. And that partnership has been so important and it's challenged me in my communication on how to prepare her for whatever is coming, but it's also challenged me in establishing the season, you know, like what is this going to look like before we go into it and doing my best to comprehend and do the work to figure out what is this going to look like? What is January to what is Q1 look like? What is Q2 look like? And it's like, it's made me a lot more intentional around that space to where when I'm around my family and when I'm with them and when I'm spending time with them, I'm very present in the moments versus um, done editing my video. I go into the living room from my office and I'm kind of peeking down at my phone looking at what could be better about, about my video. No. You can do that tomorrow because right now it's family time. I think it's very important for us to put those parameters on our our work because if we allow it, it will spill over because it does not always feel like work. It feels like you're just living and doing what you what you like to do. And it's like I think that for me, I've done a great job at just recognizing that because I wasn't always good at it. I wasn't always good at creating those boundaries. I was somebody who was halfway here and halfway here, you know, halfway in the family time and halfway in my phone. And I think that like realizing from a biblical standpoint, that's where my principles come from as a whole, man. Like if I had it my way, I may be in here just like 24 hours a day, just editing and shooting, you know, but it's like the Bible tells us that our family is our most important priority. And I don't take what the Bible says lightly. I take it as I have to apply this no matter how I feel about it, you know? And I think that for me, like that being my moral compass, realizing that I owe it to them to be the best version of myself when I'm with them. So, yeah. Absolutely. I love it. So 
as we close up, what are your closing messages just from what we've talked about today, as well as just things you want to leave with the audience? I think that one thing I want to leave with the audience when it comes to influencing, particularly because I like I feel like it's, it's blown up to this point where everybody wants to do it without realizing what it truly entails. Like this is a very lucrative career, 100 percent. But there is a lot of real work that goes into this and it is not for people who haven't done the spiritual work, I think to be able to thrive in, in a way that, that, that doesn't diminish your personal value of yourself. Cause if I didn't do the work that I did before picking this up for six months with God, I don't know that I would be the same person that I am. I don't think that I would have a proper identity of who I am. And I think it may be, it may be more fleeting and flowing with the wind of when my videos do well versus when they don't. So what I want to say, if you're considering going into this space, please make sure you're in a solid place with yourself and with God, because what I will say is bringing your authentic self to the platform is what's most important. And people can feel that. So in order to bring authenticity, you have to know who you are authentically, right? And understand the value associated with your human experience first. Because if you don't see that value, then how can you expect somebody else to see that? So I just think that, you know, it's a great, it's a great career. It's something that it pays well. It's something that is very fulfilling in certain aspects, but it's something that you have to be very strong minded to do and do consistently. So, yeah. I love it, man. Where can uh, people find you? You can find me on Instagram and TikTok um, at Ladarius Campbell, um, L-A-D-A-R-I-U-S. C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L-S, 16 characters. Yeah, this is long. But yeah, first name, last name on Instagram and TikTok. I love it, man. And then for me, just to close off the episode, I think it's always important to start with what, again, you find meaning, right? The whole the whole saying we had back is just walk in your purpose and move towards meaning. I think in life, we get caught up in such small things that don't get us to where we want to be. And we forget to just double down again and be intentional with the things that really matter, right? These big pillars in life that if we focus on will give us the life that we're wanting, but don't necessarily know we want, right? The life we need, but not the one we think we do. And so it's always just, what if we just took a step back? What if we looked at the bigger picture? What if we looked at things without our emotions clouding our judgment, without our ego telling us what we should be doing? without anyone else telling us what we should be doing and just have a conversation with ourselves, with God and connect and see, are we moving in the right direction? Because I think the most important thing is that in life, it's not about moving quickly, but more importantly about moving correctly about again, moving in a direction that's right for you, not that's quick for anyone else. And so I think that's just the closest thing that I would, I would say to, to move into the right direction. But again, thanks you for your time, gentlemen, Look out for his content. It's great stuff. If you want to get the fly style in the room, make sure you come in looking to fly. You check him out. But again, thank you for coming on. Gentlemen, you know how we close it off. Wink it, Quisa, wink it. He conquers who conquers himself. That's all for today's episode on the Gentleman's Atlas podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. 
and share this episode with someone who needs to hear this message. If you are serious about taking your life to the next level, visit our website, www.thegentlemansatlas.com for all our services, previous content, and full episode transcripts. We greatly appreciate your support and we're excited to see you in the next episode.